special treat this morning for Mother's Day. I've asked three wonderful women here. We've got Cherie Lamont over there on the end, Tamai Heaton, and they're both from our Belconnen campus. And then we've got Natalie from Mel here. She's from our City Hub. And then uh, they're going to be sharing. And I've asked them to share uh, someone in the Bible that just stood out to them, something that they did that just inspired them and their role as a mum today. And I know what they're speaking about and they've got wonderful things to share today. So I'm just going, let's welcome as Cherie starts off this morning. Hi, I'm Cherie. It's so honored to speak to you um, today. Um, the Bible character that inspires me to be a better mom is Mary of Bethany. My favorite story about her is where she sits at the feet of Jesus listening to him. Um, when God called me to become a mom, I knew it was beyond my natural ability. My oldest is um, now 10 years old. And when I'm looking back, I've never asked God to make me a better mom, but I have constantly asked Him to set me free from fears, insecurities, and relationship issues. At the end of my prayer, I always said, God, make me who you made me to be. I knew if I wasn't truly free, then my, our girls wouldn't live in freedom either. Um, and I didn't want them to inherit my battles. So I said at the feet of Jesus, I mean, I literally sit alone in the room with God. But it wasn't easy at the beginning because I had two young kids and I often had arguments with my husband before I went into the room. So by the time I was alone in the room, I felt very defeated and unworthy. But I'm glad I didn't give up. So today, I want to share a few things that I received when I was in the secret place with Jesus, which changed my life. The first thing Jesus revealed to me was that the giant that I was facing in my life was myself. My wounded soul was what stopped me from growing in God. And he took me back into my childhood and showed me that I was still trapped there as a little girl. Understanding what caused me to have fear was a big step for me to change. Um, and I started to catch my wrong thoughts and emotions as they came. And I learned to put away the old sherry and put on new sherry. My soul finally could see God as your good father who wasn't upset about my failures, but wanted to help me every step of the way. For the first time, I understood what it is like to have a father who has my back. Mm -hmm. So I came to know my true identity as his daughter first before anything else in my life. The second thing um, he taught me was to find my place, not where I wanted to be, but where God positioned me to be. In order to find my place, I needed to know what my battles are. I think we face the most spiritual battles right before we take ground where God has called us to be. When we are in that moment of a struggle, you know, it always seems like giving up is the easy option. But when we know where God wants us to be, then we will always find His grace there to sustain us. I believe no matter where we are in our lives, 
God uses every opportunity for His divine training for us. Just like King David, who tended sheep and killed the lion and bear before anybody had ever heard of him. I believe this divine training helps us not only win our own battles, but also stand with others as they fight their battles. And third thing um, he helped me was how to, find, how to set healthy boundaries for my heart. I realized that I had very little discernment about which people I let close to my heart. The biggest breakthrough um, in my life was knowing that I am safe with God and with the inner circle of people. I understood God's boundaries in my life aren't to restrict or control me, but they are for my safety and freedom. I think we all want to bring our best to whatever role we play in life. I believe this ability comes as we become the original person God created us to be. God has the answers for your struggles, and He's the only one who knows about your future. So I encourage you to be more like Mary. I guarantee that you will never be the same as you apply what He speaks to you in your own secret place. Thank you. My name is Tamai Heaton, and my inspiration comes from Joshua. Joshua is like a brother to me. He was born in slavery in Africa, Egypt. We see Joshua first. He starts his ministry as a spy with Caleb. He's sent out and they go and spy the land. And we then see Joshua, he is fighting in the valley when um, Aaron was holding up Moses' arms. But it was Joshua who won that battle. I'm persuaded it was here where war strategies were birthed inside of Joshua. So how does a contemporary mom get inspired by wars and raising children? If you ask any woman in here who has two or more children, they will tell you that their children are so different from each other that the self-help books do not work for them. So this is my battle, this is my war of, of my, my choice of weapon the Bible and war strategies yeah. that Joshua uses. It was Joshua, let's look at this. It was Joshua who told the Israelites to march around Zion, around Jericho. It was Joshua who prayed and said, God, let the sun stop so he could win the battle in one day. It was Joshua who in invented the divide and conquer strategies. If I look at my children, I've got three children. With Elizabeth, my eldest, she, I did what the self-help books told me never to do. I held my child in bed pretty much most of a two years. And, 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 and with that, I knew it's now that I realized that Elizabeth has a tremendous gift of mercy. She had to understand the power of touch at a very tender age. With my second child, Penelope, she's the lawyer in the house. I mean, you're going to have to bring the facts with Penelope. It's like, if, if I'm a child of God, I'm going to pray and the prayer gets answered. 
boom, that's Penny for you. So when Adam gets in trouble, it's Penny when she's like 11 or 12. She texts and says, Mom, you got to have to pray. Dad is in trouble. And I prayed and God got my husband out of that trouble. With William, there's a tone that I usually use on my girls. That doesn't quite work with William. William has got a very deep spirit. Like he's very sensitive to his spirit. And it is William that walks in that prayer room. Where I'm out of words and I, I don't know what to tell God anymore. And this 14-year-old, he comes and he sits there and he said, Are you okay, Mama? And I pour my heart to a 14-year-old and he said, Okay, Mama, we're going to have to pray. So it's about knowing the strategy for your children. Let me leave you with the words of Joshua. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I'm blessed today because my child is on camera today. And she's serving in the house of the Lord. Jesus says, let the children come to me. Your child, I want to speak to a mother. Your child might be 60. Your child might be 40. We can drag them to church. But we can take them to the throne room of grace. We can bring our children to the throne room through our knees and here. This is where we win our battles as mothers. Let's go to war. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Awesome moms. <laughs> well, Esther really inspires me in the Bible. So um, I just wanted to quickly run through the story so that you remember. I'm sure you do. But basically the king, Xerxes, is ruling Persia at the time when we introduced to Esther in the Bible. And he's got vast, vast wealth. He's been partying for six months and plus, six months plus, with all the officials across the empire, the 127 provinces, and then all the people in, the, in Susa, the capital. And seven days into this next feast with all the people, um, he, he's had too much wine and he's basically light you know, high spirits with wine. And he calls for his queen, Vashti, who's very beautiful to come so that he can show her off and so that all the nobles can gaze on her beauty. Hmm. Queen Vashti doesn't do it. She refuses and he is furious. So he's so so cross that he banishes Queen Vashti from his presence. And of course, then what happens is his advisors um, say to him, when they're noticing that he's pining over Queen Vashti later on after his anger subsided, they say, don't worry what we can do if it pleases you. There's a lot of if it pleases you with the king. If it pleases you, we'll do a big search through the whole empire and we'll find beautiful virgins to bring into your harem. And so they did. And of course, we find that Queen that Esther is one of those people, one of those young women who's brought into the harem. And she, she does that. And it, it must have been huge. It must have been challenging. It must have been really hard for her. But Esther did eventually find favour with the king and she became Queen Esther. And later when her people were um, in having a terrible plight ahead of them, she um, stepped up and into God's purpose for her. So at that time, Mordecai, her guardian, had cause to say to her, who knows if perhaps you were made queen 
for just a time such as this. Perhaps you were made queen for just a time such as this. Esther was brave and resilient and hardworking. If you're thinking I could do 12 months of harem beauty treatment, day spa, etc., think again. It's it's sort of six consecutive seasons of living in the bachelor mansion. So basically, yeah, see now you know, you wouldn't want to do that, right? But anyway, Esther was brave and she brought all her skills and diplomacy to what she had to do. And then she applied herself to learning everything else. And we read that the chief eunuch was, uh, you know, kind to Esther because she was he was impressed with Esther and um, he was kind to her. And Esther was wise and prayerful. She took advice wise advice and she was wise with information and she was wise when she approached the king Esther put prayer ahead of her actions fasting with her maids asking Mordecai and all the people of Susa to fast all the Jewish people fasted for three days and three nights before she approached the king but most importantly with God's help in a very tough situation Esther stepped into his purpose and calling for her life Understanding the dire situation, seeing the challenges and the risks, Esther put her love for her people, for God, ahead and it uh, translated into action and she went forward and she prayerfully stepped up to become part of God's plan to save her people. So how does this inspire me as a mum? Well, I guess um, Esther showed a lot of the qualities that I've prayed for as a mum. So... Um, definitely by far my greatest, uh, most fun and wonderful calling has been a mum. But it's also been my most challenging calling. And putting all the fun and wonder aside for a moment as a mum, I have prayed and pleaded with God. God, give me courage for this parenting challenge. God, give me energy for the sleepless nights and constant hard work. God, build my emotional resilience for and through the roller coaster of highs and lows. God, grow my wisdom and understanding so that I can be the best mum for my children at each stage and age in their journey. And God, teach me greater prayerfulness as I have more to ask you and so much more to hear from you. As a mum, I've put myself in God's hands and trusted him. Together with my husband, we've prayed for our sons and entrusted them to God because we know that God has the best plans for our sons and God is the only one who could ever love our sons more than we do. It's a capacity thing, right? His love is infinite. So I've got something here and this is a replica of one of my princess or royal necklaces. You might recognize the rigatoni or the macaroni. You might have some of these yourselves. But just to encourage my boys and um, show them my love, I used to hang these all the time on my kitchen hook and I'd wear them. And sometimes I'd just wear them um, to glam up while I was cooking dinner. And other times when life was really tough and mum motherhood got really, really hard, and it did really hard sometimes, I'd take my beautiful royal necklace off my hook in my kitchen and I'd put it round my neck and I'd straighten myself up and I'd say, 
remembering God's words and Esther as well. I'd say I'm a daughter of the king and perhaps God made me mum for just a time such as this. Yeah. Amen. It was great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Cherie, Tamai and Natalie for the absolute gems that you girls have brought this morning. Each of these wonderful mums has shown us that it's intentional time in God's presence that helps us navigate life and the challenging circumstances we come against, up against, but allows us to raise our children the way God wants us to raise them. And it was just great. Thank you so much. I love Cherie's prayer. God, make me who you want me to be. That is good. And also, God, position me where you want me to be. God's got your back. And his boundaries aren't there to restrict us at all, but to, they're there for our freedom and our safety. And then what Tamai showed us in, that God gives us strategies to individually raise our children. And it's through prayer that we can bring them and have to have a personal relationship with God and to allow them to grow. And, and through the strategies, God allows us to be able to face the many challenges we will have in life, but also in raising our children. And then what Natalie has just shared about how we can ask for the qualities that Esther had and that being a mum and a parent is fun, but it's also challenging, as we would know. And that God has a great plan and a great purpose for each one of us. And perhaps we need to realise that we were made for such a time as this. For some of us here today, you don't have any memory of your mother. Perhaps it was adoption, divorce, sickness, or death came into your world far too early. But you know, that doesn't mean you don't deserve a mother's love. Everybody deserves love. Everybody deserves to be loved. It's the heartbeat of God. Is motherhood an elite club? What about the single woman or those who are unable to have children? How can they be mothers? You know, the vision of motherhood is far greater than just caring for children that you've given birth to. As a man or a woman, the world is waiting to feel the caring heart of God. And you can be just the person that God can use to do this and to show them. And I would challenge you this morning to perhaps ask God to help you see who needs some love, who you can make a difference in their lives, not only in your own children's lives, but in lives of the generations to come. You know, tomorrow on Wednesday night, we've got our Life Women Girls Night in. And it's a great opportunity to show love to others. Perhaps there's people who are lonely and they need your love. Well, they're not going to get it if you stay home. Or perhaps you're, you're feeling lonely, but you need to get to know someone. Well, you're not going to do that by staying home. How can God use you if you stay home? Just a little thought. Places are filling up fast. We want to be able to do this, to help ask God, how can you use me? It's not just about, do I want a night out? We're way more intentional with what we do with Life Women. And it's for a great cause also. So it closes off, registrations close off tomorrow. So I just encourage you, if you haven't got in, there's still some places. You know, but one of the hardest things that a mother has to do is to let go of her children as they become young men and women and release them into what God has for them and let them walk and have their own personal walk with God. Sometimes it means just being silent. 
Other times it means doing nothing, even though most of the times the mums are the ones that go and fix up all the mess behind the scenes. So our children can learn to stand on their own. They can grow in their own walk with God and develop their own faith. My children are 35 and 32, and I have to let them make their own decisions. Mind you, I'm praying like crazy behind the scenes and trusting God that He is watching my children every breath and every step they take. And you know, that's not easy as a mum as you grow older to say, God, I trust, but I do, I trust God with my children so much. I know He's watching them. There's a quote I've always loved, a mother holds her children's hands for a while, but their hearts forever. And you know, there's so many people who have no idea how much they really need God and how much God is dying to just love them and be in a relationship with them. He's the one that created you. He's the one that's got the plans, the purposes, the destiny for you. He's got the ideas to, uh, to be able to help you to live life to the fullest and to have that wonderful relationship with you where He will never leave you. He'll never cheat you. He's got your back and He always, always wants to help you. You know, I talk about letting go of your children but the one who had the hardest job was our Heavenly Father, letting go of Jesus. To pay the price for your sins and my sins once and for all, all the time, He had to pay that price. He had to let His Son do that. And for our sins, sins when we leave God out of the picture and decide to do our own thing and we just end up in a bondage and a big fat mess all the time. John 3, verses 16 to 17, which most of you would well know. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son so that anyone that believes in Him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. So it was hard for God to release Jesus to do that. But how hard as a natural mum would it have been for Mary when she had to stand at the foot of the cross and look at her son who was tortured, who was beaten and who was defigured beyond recognition and to know she was releasing him for a greater plan and a purpose and it was to save us for eternity so that we could have freedom, so that we could have life. It wasn't just about for everyone back then. It was once and for all, for everyone, for all time and eternity. And how hard the sacrifice must have been for her to know as she watched the son she loved so much and to know it was for greater purpose for such a time as this. And the good news was that on the third day, our Heavenly Father, God, raised Jesus from the dead. Death could not hold Him. And He was raised from the dead. It's that same Jesus who is alive today that you can have a relationship with, that is there with you. It's not a dead Jesus. It's a resurrected Jesus who can give resurrection life to every situation you are involved in. And that's who you can have a relationship with. Not just for today, but for eternity. You know, there's people who make very savvy decisions for their life on earth, but you need to start making savvy decisions for your life after life on earth because it exists 
There is a hell and there is a heaven. So maybe you need to start looking at what am I investing in for my eternity? Because there's only two choices. And today, I want to be able to give you a choice to ask Jesus to come into your life and decide to follow him. Yep, there's going to be some changes you've got to make. But what you gain is far better than anything, anything that this life on earth can ever have to offer. And all it is, is you choosing to say yes to Jesus. Jesus. 